Casey's confidential. Hey. Kansas City's best. Ooh. Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. Each guest shares their personal stories of life in Kansas City and discuss the brands they have built. I'm your host, Sari, and on today's episode is Nicole Gray. Nicole is the owner and creator of Midwest Cookie Company, a bakery specializing in custom sugar cookies and wedding cakes. Nicole focuses on creating a custom and affordable treats that taste just as good as they look. When Nicole isn't baking, she loves exploring Kansas City with her friends or hanging out at home with her husband, binge watching a new show. Her husband and her love to travel and try to do it as often as possible. On top of juggling baking and her social life, Nicole is a cheerleading coach at a local high school. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have to tell you, this is so surreal because I listen to podcasts 24-7 while baking cookies. And so to be on the opposite side of things is just blowing my mind. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you to be here. You and I met nearly three years ago, actually at my very first influencer event, I didn't even know really what influencers were at the time. I didn't like keep up with that yet. And it was an event put on by Taylor Douglas, who is the photographer behind photo KC. And she had put together this event and you were one of the vendors there. And that was where I first met you. And the first time I got to try your cookies, I remember perfectly the cookies you had at this event. One of them was a camera. And Mm -hmm. at the time I was still really focused on my portrait photography business, which I've sort of stepped back from as of recent, but I, I just remember meeting you so vividly and you had such an impression and your bubbly personality. And so I'm it was so fun. And, and we've obviously, you know, stayed, stayed connected ever since, which was super, super cool. Yeah, that was, I remember meeting you too. That was such a fun event. I feel like we vibed instantly. I think that was actually my first influencer event as well. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I had like no followers on Instagram yet. And so I remember going home after that and, you know, adding everyone we had just met and there's people that had like a thousand followers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was in the presence of Kansas City royalty. Like just thinking, I was like, I was so cool to be <laughs> in that room with all these people. And now they're like some of my best friends. And, you know, it's really, I feel like that event grew a community online, you know, and I mean, in person as well, but I feel like at um, events we'll go to now, I will see one of those girls from that event and just like immediately run up and hug because it's just something about that event just kind of bonded us. So yeah, I, I remember that. That's so sweet. Thank you for those words. Yeah, And I, I think what's so cool too, is that was sort of my first exposure to how supportive this community can be. And especially yes. sort of that Instagram Kansas city community. And so it was really cool. Like you said, there's people that I've stayed in touch with since that event, I might not see often in person, but we're always connecting over social media. And so it was, it was really exciting to be a part of something at the time. I didn't even realize the impact of it. And three years later, I'm like, wow, that event is still like so engraved in 
in my brain. So um, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so thank you again for, for being here. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about your, your baking background? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have like any formal training or anything. I, I was always in the kitchen, like with my mom baking as a kid. And so I feel like I just thought baking was something everyone did. Um, and then, and I was in the kitchen with my dad. My, my dad was the cook of the family and my mom was the baker. And so my dad kind of taught me how to pair ingredients, kind of like taste something and just know what it needs. And then my mom was, you know, baking my birthday cakes and she totally let me have creative freedom. So like, Nicole, what um, do you want your birthday theme to be? And okay, how do you want that to be represented? Like she very much let me take the reins. And I feel like that kind of helped me grow into the creative person I am. And then um, I don't know, it just kind of fell on my lap, to be honest. I started doing all of this um, my senior year of high school and it kind of just took off. It wasn't with Midwest Pico. It wasn't under a business name, but just for friends and family and um, eventually like friends of friends and whatnot. But yeah, no formal experience. I just kind of, you know, picked up a pastry bag, tried a few recipes, made them my own and went from there. But no looking back. <laughs> it's been like nonstop, I feel like since high school, which was, you know, over 11 years ago now. So it's, I feel like I've lived a lifetime of baking already. And is owning a business something you always envisioned yourself doing, or did that just sort of come naturally with the continued practice and joy that you got out of baking? No, I think owning my own business in some capacity was always on my radar. I, this sounds awful, but I don't like being told what to do. Um, and so I always was like, no, I don't want to work for someone. Um, my parents thought I was crazy but I just stuck my ground. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always just had that. I've always been such a leader in like group projects in school and whatnot. And always just have ideas. Like I, I tell my husband all the time, I can't have hobbies because I always try and turn my hobbies into a profit. And so I'm like in my head trying to create all these other businesses and I really have time for my own business right now. So it's, I think, yes, I've always wanted to have um, a business of my own, be a business owner. I think it was just figuring out how, and I don't even remember what kind of put like a pastry bag in my hand to begin with, to be like, this is it. It just kind of happened one day and I never stopped. And the cookie recipe you use, which by the way, your cookies are fabulous. Um, But the, the recipe that you have, is that something that was sort of passed down through family or is that a recipe you came up with on your own? Um, it was not passed on through family. So I, the only cookies I made growing up were chocolate chip. So the sugar cookie recipe I created on my own sugar cookies weren't really like a trend. I feel like back when I started, it was just drop cookies and cakes, actually like cupcakes for the craze when I first started. So the sugar cookie recipe, I, found, you know, a couple recipes online, like recipes.com or something like that and found a couple and would try them and, um, taste them and see like how I wanted to tweak them and, you know, kind of just eventually would tweak them so much that it was my own recipe and eventually found one that I loved. It took me a few months, but actually it was probably 
one of the shorter recipes, like length of time that it took to create. I know my cake recipes took a lot longer. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your cakes. When did you add that into, into the mix? So I actually started with cakes, um, cakes and cupcakes are what I started with my senior year of high school. Um, I was like big on the cupcake craze. Um, I wanted to do like every flavor of cupcake possible, which I attempted some crazy ones. And the cakes, I was like 18 and people were having me do their wedding cakes. And I thought that was just like the coolest thing ever. And I remember sitting down with a couple that were like, they were like 40 and I was 18. And I could just tell the look in their eyes, like they had no idea they had signed up for a tasting with an 18 year old. And they were just like, are are we sure we want to trust this girl? You know, but they did. And it turned out beautiful and just kind of went from there. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I started with cakes. I couldn't tell you when I moved into cookies. Um, I think I just, I loved cakes so much and I feel like with cakes, it's a lot of the same design. And so I was so excited to do them for such a long time, but I felt like I was kind of eventually just doing the same designs over and over again in different colors or like with a slight variation. And I started getting a little bored. Um, and so I looked to cookies to kind of like change that up a little bit. I feel like with cookies, even if it's the same theme, the different sets are so different. And so eventually I moved, not moved from cakes to cookies, but started doing more cookies than cakes. With the cookies, I mean, you have done such a huge variety of shapes and colors and patterns. Where do you get your inspiration for all that? Oh gosh, everywhere. I don't know. It really depends. Um, I'll look at different fabrics or like party wear. Um, nature, all of those things are very inspiring to me. Also, I mean, things like interior design, like I could walk into someone's house or um, see a photo or a pillow or, you know, just like the angle of a chandelier. It's the most random things ever. And it can inspire me in, in a way that makes sense and in a way that doesn't make sense. You know, I could see a blade of grass and that could inspire me to do something that has nothing to do with the grass, but somehow it inspired me. But of course, like with my orders, I do a lot of custom orders and Pinterest and Instagram is full of inspiration. And so I do get sent like a lot of um, inspiration photos, which I love. Um, There's so many amazing creators out there. So it's fun to see what others have done and then kind of tweak it to make it my own. But yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And with, especially with the custom orders, I mean, you have to have a really large variety of cookie cutters on your hand, I'm sure. How many cookie cutters do you have? Do you even know? I don't know the exact number. I have a wall. Um, It's like a pegboard wall. And it's probably about 10 feet by 5 feet, I want to say. And it is like cramped. There are the cutters fall off constantly. I need to create another one. So I would say I probably have about like five to 600 cutters and counting. Like I probably order a new cutter every day or so. I'm a little crazy about it right now because there's so many like local makers that make cookie cutters now and they make them to like their drawings. And I just think that is like the coolest thing ever. When I first started, it was like only metal cookie cutters and, or like the Wilton ones that you find at like, 
you know, Walmart or Purdy City or something like that. Um, and so I really had to get creative and making the shape, you know, like I did a lot, I used a lot of circle cutters and a lot of square cutters and then would like pipe the design on, which I still do, but it's so cool now that I can, you know, order cutters that say the word and, you know, it's just like customized to that shape versus me making the shape on just like a plain shape. Are there, are there any shapes that you have? I mean, obviously you have hundreds and hundreds, but are there any shapes you have that if you get a custom order, you get really excited to use, or you tend to gravitate towards more maybe because of its uniqueness or just how fun it is to use? Yeah. Um, I think it shifts constantly. Um, usually based off what I ordered most recently, I'm always like itching to use my most purchased cutter. So recently I just ordered this really cute, um, balloon, with like garland on it, which I'm like, okay, anything I can use that for weddings or birthdays, you know, put like a cute little, like, um, like four for a fourth birthday in it, or I used it for chiefs. I like turned the top into a football. Um, so I really love that one. And then kind of boring, but like different plaque cutters, there's so many different shapes, like an elongated hexagon or like just kind of funky, ovals and whatnot that look kind of boring, but I feel like it's so, it's like a challenge to turn those into something else and make those like the most intricate or like eye-catching cookie. So those are probably my favorite right now. But like, if you were to ask me in a week, I'd probably have a different answer. So it just depends. How many custom orders are you usually turning out within a week's period? How many orders are you taking on at once? So I don't really do it by, um, I don't base my time off of custom orders. I base it off of the amount of dozens going out because I've had orders. I've had one order that is, you know, 50 dozen, hundred dozen plus, but then I've also have had orders that are just one dozen. So it just depends. Um, but I like to stay within like 30 to 60 dozen a week, but even that sometimes I'll go over. I'm such a yes person and people pleaser. And so I'm just, I don't know how to say no yet. I'm working on it, but people email me and I'm like, of course, or I'll see the theme and it's something I've always wanted to do. So I'll take that on. Or I don't know. I'm just a sucker. You know, people will be celebrating their, their new baby or their wedding. And it's like, this is such a special moment in their life. And they're wanting me to create that for them. How do you say no? Like, I just, I feel too honored to turn people away. So I'm working on it, but um, yeah, about 30 to 60, it goes up, it goes down, just depends on the week. And that is a lot of time and hand piping all the icing and the decorations. How do you time management with, or how are you managing your time with that? And like, you're a high school cheerleading coach. How, how do you manage all of that? With practice. And I don't always get it right. I try and stay on top of things, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, figure out how many dozen I'm doing that week, trying to divide it out um, through the days to where it's not all at once, but it's challenging. Um, there's days that I, I shouldn't say days, but there's like weeks that I put too much on my plate and it's coffee and no sleep for Nicole for days. Um, but for the most part, I have it down. It's taken me a while, but I've gotten it to have a good system to where I can whip out a lot of cookies at once and kind of 
go through several orders at once, kind of like on a rotating system versus just focusing on one order at a time. But yeah, focusing or balancing cheerleading, it can be difficult, but for the most part, it's pretty easy. Um, it, a lot of the cheerleading stuff is at night. So that's really helpful, you know, extra practices and games and whatnot are nights or weekends. And so there's a couple things that'll happen during the day, but I don't typically go up to the school every day or anything like that. So it's easy to balance and it gives me some time to like get out and talk to other humans. I feel like I just kind of like put myself in this little like room with just cookies and I just listen to podcasts and don't talk to anyone. So cheer is a nice little break from all of that and move my body and talk to people and get to be, I'm, I mean, of course I'm creative with cookies, but it's just kind of a different creative outlet, I guess, at cheer to where I'm thinking in a different way, you know, body movements, I'm getting to watch and critique and help people. So it's just very fulfilling. So even though it's crazy, I wouldn't change it at all. I love it so much. That's great. And so aside from time management and juggling those things, what are some other challenges that you've run into being a business owner? Some challenges right now, I feel like I'm definitely in a growing pain um, to where I have a lot of people wanting me to make cookies and I'm starting to have to turn people down, like which I said kills me because I'm such a people pleaser and I want to say yes and I want to help people celebrate. So I'm at this weird space right now where I probably need employees to help me, but I feel like I'm just a little too small to like have people. So it's kind of just a back and forth and just trying to get over that hump and figure out how to make all of this work um, until a time maybe I can move it into like a bakery space or something like that. Um, but other challenges, you know, it's it's not too bad. I always I always say even on my worst days, like my job is I get to make cookies for people. And so it's like, even though it can be so stressful, it is so fun. Like few people get to say, oh, I make cookies all day. What? Like, that's a job. How did I get it? I, you know, so it's, it can be hard, but it's very fulfilling. That's great. It's great to have such like a positive attitude. And I, I think that just really shows through in the craftsmanship of what you're putting out there. And especially on your Instagram, it's, it's, it's so fun to see all the like bright colors you use and like all the fun shapes and everything's so different. I mean, you're always doing something new, something different. So it's, it's, I can tell that through your personality that just shines through and in, in the cookies that you're, that you're making. And so with COVID having had your business be on prior to COVID, how has COVID sort of affected your business? either, you know, negatively or positively. In the beginning of the pandemic, it was really hard to find ingredients. I feel like everyone kind of had that struggle with groceries in general, but it really was hard to find flour, sugar, eggs, the things I need to create. And so in the very beginning, it was hard to even take orders and I wasn't really pushing it. So you know, just I'm, I rely on myself for income. And so it was a scary moment for a few months of, okay, is this going to normalize? Like, are we going to be able to pay our bills? What's going to happen? Um, but luckily it did kind of like balance out. I was able to get ingredients and start doing sales, but um, definitely had to change up like how I sold. I was doing a lot of pop-ups before the pandemic and obviously we did not want anyone to leave our houses. So um, I kind of had to switch my sales to like more online. So I was doing sales on Instagram or like porch pickups and just trying to figure it out where we were still all able to celebrate and get cookies, but 
also maintain a distance. Um, gosh, and then I'd say the only other big change is that before the pandemic, I really didn't package ton of my cookies like individually. Of course, I would if someone needed it or wanted it, but most people didn't. And so, you know, when you ordered cookies, you would get like a box of a dozen and it would just have 12 cookies in it. But now people want each one individually packaged, which is totally fine, but increases the cost, increases my time spent per cookie. So that was definitely like, took me a while to adjust. I feel like those first couple months I was, you know, oh yeah, that's fine. I'll package. And then it's time to package. I'm like, oh my gosh, I underestimated how much time this was going to take. And so I'm like rushing, panicking to try and get it all ready before people come. But, um, overall, I feel like as far as challenges go, my challenges were so small compared to other people's challenges. Um, they were very doable and things that I could adjust to very quickly. I would say overall, like COVID was a really, or not COVID, but <laughs> the start of the pandemic, like 2020, 2021 were really good years for me. I feel like because I had cookies, it was one of those things that people, A, wanted to shop small and support local businesses to help keep us um, thriving, which was such a blessing. Um, I've never, I mean, I've seen the community rise up, but like, I've never felt so supported by my community. I feel like everyone wanted to share a business or like tag a business and in an Instagram post or something to promote and just, um, give attention to it. And then also just buy cookies to celebrate someone or to show them they're thinking of them or get well soon. Or, um, a lot of people did like drive by birthday parties and drive by baby showers and whatnot. And so a lot of people were like ordering cookies as like their little take home gift for the little car parade. And so I, I was very supported and it was, they were really great years, even though it was difficult. Um, there was still a lot of like positive outcomes from all of it as well. I know. So you, when you and I have actually talked in the past, you had brought up to me how it was hard to get ingredients because there was such a rise at the start of the pandemic of people baking in their own home. And I had never really thought about that in terms of how that would affect small business owners in the baking realm. Cause I got on that kick for sure of like trying to bake bread and, you know, pass the time and baking is relatively time consuming. And when you had mentioned that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I just had never thought about that and put the pieces together. And it, it just kind of shifted how I was like, oh, wow. Like that, that was another way that small businesses were affected and that are in this, you know, industry. Yeah, it was crazy. And I feel like it happened overnight too. It was like, one day went to the store and can buy, you know, several 50 pound bags of flour and whatnot. And then the next day it was like barren shelves. Um, but it was, I mean, it was kind of fun to see, like I saw friends and family and just people I follow on social media, you know, like you said, like coming up with recipes and because that's something I love so much, it was fun finding, seeing others find joy in that. Um, and then even like, um, pinning like some of their stuff that they were finding. I'm like, Oh, I want to try that. And I was like so inspired to make like my own pizza crust dough and um, cinnamon rolls and like all those comfort foods. So it was fun to watch. And what's good is I feel like I go through a 50 pound bag of flour so fast, but the general population, that's like a year supply. So it did balance out. Like I feel like everyone bought it those first couple months and then they were like set even with them baking all that bread and everything. So yeah, it was weird. I like, I could not have anticipated it ever. 
in my life to <laughs> go without flour. I just, one of those things you just always expect to be there until it's not, it was, it was very weird, but I'm glad we're over that and we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so you mentioned that you used to do a lot of pop-ups and I know obviously you sell, you sell through online and you also recently um, opened a booth at Painted Tree out in Overland Park. Can you explain a little more what Painted Tree is and your booth there? Yeah. So I have a little booth inside um, the Overland Park Painted Tree and what Painted Tree is basically is like this huge store, but it's, it consists of a lot of small creators. So there's gosh, probably like 150, I should count, but I have not counted yet. Um, probably about 150 booths, like 10 by five feet ish. Um, and it ranges anywhere from like, I have food and retail, but like boutique, I've seen dog tree core, like it has everything in it. Um, and so you get to shop all these local vendors year round every single day and just kind of see like what fun stuff they have. I, every time I go in and stock, I am leaving with a bag full of stuff because everyone has the cutest things. Um, but in my booth, I primarily sell, of course, sugar cookies, um, and drop cookies. And, um, I also, this is my first time I'm doing a little bit of retail, which is really fun. So I have like party and bakeware and like um, aprons. I have a sprinkle wall that I love. Um, so it's been really fun to kind of like jump into that aspect of things. I've never like ordered things wholesale to resell. And it's been really fun to just like browse online. I'm like, Oh, this is so fun. <laughs> um, but what's also fun for my customers that for um, the location at painted tree is that with my custom orders, I require at least a dozen minimum. And I always need like advance notice, and with painted tree, I have single cookies. I have sets of two. I have some sets that have like three or four cookies in them or a half dozen. And they're all just like fun shapes, fun designs or like um, geared towards the holidays or whatnot. And so people can just go in and grab and they don't have to order for me, which has been awesome. Um, and so far I've had really positive feedback from everyone, you know, when they would just want to go up or have grab a cookie. I know my chair, but my chair girls are my biggest cheerleaders and they are always like, Oh, coach Nicole. I wish you had a store so I could just come in and get a cookie. I just wanted your cookie so bad on Saturday or whatever it is. And so it's fun now that they're, you know, they'll come to school on Monday and they're like, oh, I was at painted tree over the weekend. I got a cookie. You know, it's just fun that people are able to go and get their cookie fix whenever, instead of having to go through me and make it a super special ordeal. That's so exciting. And so what are the hours that your booth uh, is open within Painted Tree? Yeah, it's open um, Monday through Sunday. So every single day from, I believe it's 10 a.m. till 8 p.m. So I'm not there during the day. I just come and restock and then I'll have a few days. I try and go up like once or twice a month and have like a fun day where I'm passing out samples or um, doing like samples and champagne. I um, would really love to like maybe partner with like a local winery and do like, um, like a wine and cookie tasting day or something, just something fun, but I'll go up there and 
get to meet people and give out samples. But for the most part, it's like super shoppable, no pressure to buy anything situation just because all the shop owners just fill and then leave. And so you can kind of browse at your own pace and see everything. You don't have to feel like it's um, very like sales. You like buy my stuff because I feel like in that type of environment, sometimes it can feel that way. I know like I love holiday boutique and um, places like that where it's a kind of a similar vibe, but you don't have the business owner right in front of you where it's like, oh, that's really cool to look at, but maybe in the future type of situation. But like sometimes, I don't know, maybe you're not like that, but sometimes I feel pressured to buy and I walk out there spending way too much money. So I really love that Painted Tree is kind of hands-off to where you can browse things and be like, oh, that'd be a really good gift for someone in two months and -hmm. come back. So that's something I love about it. Um, But yeah, I'm really liking it. I've only been there for a few months so far, but I've signed a lease for a year and I'm sure I'll stay longer than that, but I love it. It's really fun. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I'm sure it's exciting to get to see your product in, you know, some sort of retail space. And like you said, just being able to not necessarily always do the custom orders, but you have stuff that people can grab and go. So I'm sure that's really exciting kind of being able to hit all the bases. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. So when you are not baking and not coaching, what does life in Kansas city look like for you? I'm like such a homebody. I love being with friends, of course, um, go and explore Kansas city. I feel like they're the ones that make the plans though. And then I tag along. I am like, if no one makes plans with me, I am on my couch watching Netflix, but I do, I, I walk my dog a lot. I love being outside, of course, cheerleading. I don't know. I'm kind of boring to be honest, unless someone gets me out of the house. <laughs> Any, um, any favorite restaurants or any new restaurants you've recently tried that you, that you really enjoyed? Nothing new. I'm in the Olathe Overland Park area. So we don't have a ton of like local restaurants, which is where I really love to eat. Um, and so I feel like we don't get out, get, we don't get to get out and explore restaurants as much as I would like to, but the ones like we love whenever we don't want to cook. We love Red Door. We love Casey Thai. And of course, Jose Peppers. I feel like you can't go wrong with their Espinaca and a Margarita. So yeah, we go to those pretty frequently um, and just love them. They're a tried and trues. And um, any good Netflix shows you've recently uh, been binging? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't know if I would say it's good, but it's entertaining. I um, just finished Love is, Bl- Love is Blind seasons one and two because I couldn't stop. I um, was scrolling TikTok and was seeing everyone like mimic and make fun of some characters on season two. And I was like, okay, I have to see what they're talking about. And I got sucked in. It's so good. It's bad. It's like, it's reality TV. So like, you kind of know what you're getting into. But after a few episodes, like I am sucked in but gosh yeah there's I feel like I'll watch anything um we're really excited for the new Stranger Things that's coming out soon we just finished Ozark I feel like I go through them too frequently to even like rattle these off goodness the reason I'm struggling to be honest is there's a struggle for the remote between me and my husband I always want to watch the more girly shows, you know, like Love is Blind. He wants to watch the more like traditional, like masculine shows, like the fighty ones or like anything Marvel, which I do love, but I feel like we're constantly going back and forth and he 
will stay up at night and add things to our watch list without me knowing, like I'm asleep. And so whenever there's a new show, he'll just be like, oh, I saw this, we'll like it and plays it. And I just, am like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It always ends up being good. He knows, he knows what I'd like, but I'm never like scrolling and be like, oh, let's add this to our watch list. So uh, I don't know. I'm bad at recalling that stuff, but, um, I, there's nothing I wouldn't recommend that I've watched so far. So that's good, right? That's good. That's, that's, that's the real win. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say are some of your favorite things about Kansas City and living in Kansas City? Well, of course, I love the people. I feel like anytime I'm traveling and people ask me where I'm from and I say Kansas City, I feel like almost everyone that has been to Kansas city will be like, Oh my gosh, I was there once. And the people are so friendly. And that is just the truth. I, I feel like everyone, you can never have met them. And you know, you're at a bar and like you say one thing and you guys are like friends for the day. Um, so I really just love the people. Um, I love the support, um, of the community. I feel like Kansas city is really big into shopping small and supporting local, which as a small business owner, of course, I appreciate. And um, it's fun that we do have all these local shops that um, I can support as well. It's just really fun and having that community. Gosh. And then probably I love that it's like city and country. Like I feel like you can drive, you know, 20 minutes one way and it's completely different scenery than like downtown Kansas city. And so I love the vibe of being in the city, but like I also love going out to like, you know, Lewisburg Pale and going to like those wineries that are out there. And it's, it's just two totally different vibes of life, 20 minutes away from each other. So I, I just feel like, well, maybe I don't know. I've, I've, I was born in Kansas City, so I don't really have a good um, comparison, but I feel like that's very unique to Kansas City to be able to get both so well and in such a short driving time. For sure. And so being from Kansas City and you know, having lived here, what would you, is there anything you say that you wish maybe if you could change about Kansas city or even just tweak it a little bit that, that you would, if you could. Well, I mentioned, I'm in like the Olathe Overland Park area and how there's not much local like shopping and food. I would, there's some, but I would love to see more. It'd be awesome to have like really fun local new businesses and breweries and stuff around town um, to where we I know 20 minutes isn't far to drive, but on those nights where you just are done and don't want to cook or whatnot, it would be so nice to be like, oh, let's just, you know, go grab a beer and tacos up the street. Like that would be so fun. So I would love to see more of that. And then (laughs) I would love it to be sunny like year round, but I know that's something like no one can change. (laughs) If we could have like, I don't know. I don't even know what weather I want to say Florida, but it's like, we don't have a beach. So that kind of defeats that, but I'm not a snow person. Like the winter is, I just go into hibernation. I'm not happy. I wish it was summer year round or spring and summer, whatever, just no snow. I would, I don't want to have to have a winter coat, but it's okay. I love Kansas city. I won't move, but I, I would definitely change that if I had like magical powers and could, um, but no, the, the city is great. The people are great. The community is great. I feel like Kansas City has like a little bit of everything. There's activities, sports, shopping, opportunities, businesses. Like it's it's just a great place to live. My husband and I have in the past talked about moving and it's always been, oh, well, what about these, these things? We wouldn't have that there. These people or we'd miss our friends. We'd miss this shopping area. 
And so it's as much as there's like, I feel like there's always going to be like little tweaks you want (laughs) wherever you are or whatever you're doing. But overall, I love it. I couldn't leave it. That's awesome. Yeah. I I mean, I'm also from here. So I I take a lot of home pride as anyone who listens or, you know, has followed along with my Instagram knows I take a lot of home pride. So I feel you. I'm like, there's always, there's always some things, but in general, I don't tend to have a laundry list of things. Right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, so with Midwest Cookie Company, where what what do you have coming up on the pipeline? Um, no, nothing too crazy yet. I I'm really hoping to get some pop-ups on the calendar for this year. I haven't um I haven't um put anything in stone yet, but I'm hoping to have like one a month here soon. Um and just kind of like get back into that. That was really fun. And I feel like I just kind of fell out of it with, you know, COVID and everything. But yeah, look for I'm looking forward to that. I hopefully I'm like one of my goals for 2022 into 2023 is to have like a brick and mortar um, location. So I'm hoping like fingers and toes crossed that that is a possibility for me. But other than that, no, just grinding every single day, <laughs> pumping out all the cookies. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy. Have you started looking for brick and mortar places or is that no, a little not ways yet. down the line? Yeah. I think it's a little ways down the line. It's like, I want to jump the gun and like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that would be such a cute spot or like, oh, this area or, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I feel like I have a couple of things like personally I want to achieve before I get to that spot. And if I just go straight to the bakery, then I feel like I'll never get these things like ticked off on my checklist. And so I'm like, you know, really trying to prioritize and, um, do one thing at a time. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows, like paint a tree thing. Like one day I had no idea what paint a tree was. And the next day I signed a lease. So I'm a total Gemini. Like one day I want to do this and the next day I want to do this. And it's just like, I, I do what I want to do. <laughs> so who knows? I, I say that now and like in a month, I'll be like announcing I have a bakery or something. Who knows? That'd be awesome. Probably not, but I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and with the pop-ups, I mean, Kansas city is huge being into pop-ups and everything like that. So what, as a small business owner doing the pop-up, what do you sort of look for when you're deciding, Oh, this pop-up would be really great for me or, oh, maybe this one would, you know, not, not be so great. What sort of goes into, um, the thought process with that? Um, I think I definitely look for places that have a similar vibe or clientele of my customers. Um, of course, like female owned businesses are a huge plus in my book, or I love going to stores I personally shop at and love, but I, anyone that reaches out, I would love the opportunity. I think it's just a really fun opportunity to meet new people, whether that be customers or the shop owner and, um, pop-ups just give me the opportunity to create different cookie shapes, you know, like kind of similar to paint a tree, but it's the fun cookies that like aren't necessarily always in an order that I get to do. So it's fun to do different things. And I just feel like they're so fun and, um, yeah, get to create something different, meet new people. It's pretty fun. With pop-ups, how do you decide how many cookies to bring? How do you decide how much inventory is the necessary amount? 
Um, it's either one of two things. It's I base it off of how much I base it off how much money I want to make, like how much it's worth my time being there. Cause it's pop-ups are normally on the weekends, right? And I um, don't do pickups on the weekends. I try really hard not to work on the weekends. So I have time for my family and my friends. And so if I'm at a pop-up, I'm sacrificing that time with them and my downtime. So I try and, you know, I have a number and then I I'll literally divide that number by like cookie price. And I'm like, okay, that many cookies, let's do it. And I'll round it to like the nearest dozen. Um, or I'll do it based off of my capacity for the week. So like I said earlier, I can do like 30 to 60 dozen pretty effortlessly. So if I am like at 50 dozen for the week, you know, adding on another, like, I don't even know, hundred cookies can be a lot. Um, and so it depends if it's, if I'm like at breaking point where I'm like, I don't have any time, it's probably going to be fewer cookies that I brought, that I bring with me. Um, but if I have like a lot of time, then I'll bring more. And I think it also depends too. I guess I, guess I said too, but I'll add one more, um, where I'm going. Like if the location has a huge following, then I'll bring more. If there's like a lot of excitement online, people reposting or like saying they're going to attend or um, even just like I can see the numbers on my stories are really high or something like that, then I'll tend to bring more. But it changes time to time. And sometimes I guess it just right. And sometimes I'm completely off. It just depends. And I meant to ask you earlier, when you're baking 30 to 60 dozen cookies, where are are you baking that? Where do you have like the space to be baking and decorating that many cookies? So I started in my basement, which sounds creepy and and like (laughs) cold and dark, but I promise it's not. We like converted our basement into a bakery. So it looks like you're walking into a commercial kitchen. Um, however, in the past year I have switched over and I, um, rent a space at like a commercial kitchen, um, and bake there and I'll still decorate here a little bit, but, um, for the most part, I'm going to the commercial kitchen and doing everything, which is helpful because they like the huge ovens and, um, just a ton of workspace, which is really great. It's helped me a bunch. Yeah, that's great. That's, I say, when you're producing that many cookies, and as we've said, it's really time consuming. There's a lot of work that goes into it. So you definitely need the the counter space and the the space even, I'm sure, to get mentally, you're like, okay, I have to decorate 30 dozen cookies. So, and do your hands cramp up? (laughs) I imagine that that happens. They totally do. Especially like, I love doing logos love them but sometimes there's logos that have a lot of writing in them and it's always like small and cramped at the bottom like always and so like doing the like really intricate letters will get my hand cramped up pretty pretty quickly um but for the most part like I try and take breaks and like with my rotations to where I'm like not doing the same motion with my hand like too long to where it's like getting like a little bit of an exercise or like range of motion. I actually like, that's a big concern. And like the cookie world is like your, your hands, like going bad kind of, you know, like arthritis and carpal tunnel and all of that. And so, um, I've really been trying to take care of my hands in the past couple years. I, I got this, like, <clears throat> excuse me, I got this, um, it's not a Theragun, but similar, um, to where it like, kind of like pounds on my hand. And so I'll do that. 
like up and down my arm to like loosen up the muscles and just kind of like hold it as it like pulses, which really helps. And then, um, my husband actually got me this for Christmas. It's like, it looks like, um, the light when you're getting your nails done <laughs> and you stick your hand in there and like turn it on and it, it gets really hot and it, um, it compresses air. And so it kind of like massages your hand and that has helped so much, but gosh, I like sometimes I'll sleep with a brace on to like help my hand, like not curl up or like get in a weird position, especially during the holidays. Um, when, I mean the holidays, especially like around Christmas time or Easter or like you know Valentine's day, something that's like a holiday most people celebrate. Um, it gets crazy for all of us bakers. And so there's really no time to stop. It's when a lot of our money is made for the year. And so I definitely try and take like precaution and sleep with the brace and, you know, massage my hands. And I try not to do anything too crazy with my hands, um, to where they're going to get injured or hurt in any way. A hand massage sounds very nice. And I'm sure (laughs) very well-deserved after you are baking so many cookies. So that's, that's great. That's nice that you have different ways to try to help, help avoid any issues in the future. (laughs) I I hope it works. Fingers are crossed. Can you tell me, sort of walk me through the process of how someone would order cookies through you and sort of start to finish how they would place the order, where, where they would pick it up, the, the whole process. Yeah. So, um, for a custom order, I always send people to my website. Um, there's different options from, you know, wedding inquiries to cake inquiries, cookie inquiries. So you just kind of select which one fits your needs. Um, and then it kind of has some prompts on there to ask you what you want. Um, and then we'd get a go back and forth and finalize all the details and talk designs and pick up and all of that. Um, for custom orders, I do have pickup, um, at my home in Olathe, it's just what's easiest for me at the moment. Um, and of course you can, like we were talking about, stop it, paint a trade anytime and just grab um, what I have there. But for customs, it's through my website and pick up at my home in Olathe. And where can everyone follow you on Instagram to see the awesome cookies and cakes that you've made? Yeah, I'm at Midwest Cookie Co. on Instagram. And I'm also the same on um, Facebook and TikTok as well. Perfect. Well, yeah, well, everyone should go give you a follow. I also will call it a hot tip. I actually freeze your cookies when I get them. And it's funny because I don't know why, but I think like freezing dessert is like something I grew up with. So the there's a bakery that my family went to when I was growing up and we would always get them for like really large events. Like if my mom was hosting like a birthday party and a bunch of people, my family's birthdays were really close together. We would order cookies and cakes and whatever. And we would always freeze them. And when I've ordered your cookies in the past, I have put your cookies in the freezer. And I don't know if you've tried it, but your cookies are really good when they're frozen. <laughs> There's something of like your cookies are still soft when they're frozen, if that makes sense. Like even when they're so soft anyway, I mean, really like I am a total like fangirl. I love your cookies. <laughs> and like, so when I've put them in the freezer to save for later and I'll like go and have them a couple weeks later or whatever, it's, it like perfectly breaks still. You would have no idea that it would be and the freezer and the icing like stays perfectly like soft. I don't know what you do. You don't have to give any secret recipe. 
But my hot tip is that your if someone orders your cookies and they can't go through a dozen in a short period of time or more, I recommend freezing them. <laughs> I've never tried that, but I need to. And I need to recommend that too. Because I do have people that wear, especially like weddings and big orders, where they're like, okay, like we ordered a few extra, like, well, you know, for whatnot, like, that's a great tip. I feel like my family did that with um, Girl Scout cookies. We would put them in the fridge. Like something about it being cold was so good. Mm-hmm. And so I never even thought to do that with mine, but you've inspired me. I feel like that's what's going to happen this week. Well, if you try them, any cookie of yours frozen, let me know. Let me know if you like it or don't. <laughs> I <laughs> your cookies are delicious anyways. There's no way you couldn't like it. But, um, well, thank you again so much for being here. So excited to to have you on and it's it's just nice to especially with connecting having still been connected to people that I met three years ago and it's sort of being part of like all these different milestones and this podcast has been sort of my most recent milestone so it's super exciting and I'm so happy to to have you be part of it well, well thank you and thanks for having me it's I'm so proud of you for this podcast um I just, it's been so great. I've been listening to it and every episode is a total gem. I found businesses that I've followed um, and been able to check out through you. So I'm like, that is so cool. And then also thank you because like I said, I listen to podcasts all the time. And so this is so cool being on the opposite end. I feel like I'm like learning all the trade secrets. So this is really (laughs) fun. Awesome. Well, well, thank you again, everyone. Go check out Nicole at Midwest Cookie Co. on Instagram and make sure if you have any uh, custom cookie orders or cake orders to check her out or to if you're out in um, Overland Park and go to Painted Tree, make sure to check out her booth there as well. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari and we will see you next week. Ooh, yeah. Casey Confidential Casey's Confidential yeah. Ooh, Kansas City's best Ooh, Casey Confidential Hey, she's confidential.